What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about the five changes you should be making in your business if you want to continue buying deals amidst the current market uncertainty. And these are things that we're doing in our business right now that I'm prioritizing as I look at deals and as we look at deals uh, to take down with our investors. And um, I, I think that these are just kind of five critical changes that um, everybody needs to make right now. And obviously, these are wise things to be doing at any point in the market or at any point in the market cycle. But I think they are uh, extra critical right now as we head into a period of sustained uh, higher interest rates, as rents start to flatline and, and decline in some markets in some scenarios, and as values ultimately um, are affected by those two things, which is happening as we speak in the moment right now. So the first change that I think everybody should be making as they start looking at deals and as they're buying deals now is prioritizing above all else, buying at a discount to today's market value. Now, obviously, everybody wants to buy at a discount, but I think that a lot of investors get caught up in buying what they perceive is a discount to today's market value, but really, they're just buying a discount to future market value because there's so much value out that's required at a property. So while you might be buying a property at a good price, um, when you consider the value that can be added through renovations, through increasing NOI, et cetera, um, they're not actually buying at a discount to today's market value for what that property would trade for. Uh, it might be a good deal on paper because of how they've underwritten it and because of where they can take the rents, et cetera. But they're not really buying with meat on the bone like today. So I think that's a, a very nuanced difference and it's an important thing to understand. And the other way to put it is if you're looking at an appraisal and you have an as-is appraisal and an as-complete appraisal, we're not trying to buy at a discount to the as-complete appraisal, right, based on our purchase price plus renovations, although that's obviously something we want to do. We want to buy in a discount uh, comparatively to the as-is appraisal. So uh, this requires a focus on finding off-market deals, um, getting in front of sellers, really cultivating those broker relationships and those industry relationships. And you want to be buying at a discount to what the property would trade for today. So if you hypothetically had to close on it and then turn around and relist it the next day, you could sell it for more than what you paid for it. Um, and ideally, we want you know a 15% plus margin on that. And that's going to allow us to uh, do more deals in a safer capacity, right? Because we're hedging our downside risk. So that's uh, the important change, number one. Number two is buying with fixed rate debt specifically fixed rate debt that doesn't have a balloon coming up within the first five years. Um, if you can get a longer balloon period, uh, longer term, even better, right? I mean, if you can get 10 years, that's ideal. Seven years, that's ideal. But five being the absolute minimum. So we're not buying deals with bridge debt anymore uh, in terms of deals where we have a 12, 24, 36-month term. Um, and then we're especially not buying deals where we have adjustable rates or um, you know floating rate. So we're just trying to buy deals where we can look at what we're paying in interest today in terms of an interest rate, and that's what we're going to be paying in perpetuity um, and in terms of throughout the term of the loan. So in my opinion, rates are going to continue to rise throughout early next year and mid next year. Um, inflation isn't low enough for the Fed to not continue raising rates, and all signs point to them continually raising rates here. So I want to buy at a fixed rate today that will be a below market interest rate in three months, six months, 12 months. And if we're in a position to where rates are down and values remain uh, steady or stronger, they even rise, and we want to refi in a year, two years, or something like that, three years, 
Uh, oftentimes we can do so with the loan products we're using, which are more local banks, local credit unions, kind of local lenders, where our prepayment uh, penalties are pretty minimal. So might as well uh, fix our rate day one and not expose ourselves to continued changes in the debt markets. So change number three is uh, buying with uh, extra reserve capital. So whatever you were putting aside per unit in reserve capital for the last couple of years, that number should be higher now, uh, especially, especially if you're raising money from investors. Now, uh, this is, I mean, this is even especially true if you're buying C-class properties. And the reason I say that is C-class properties are the class of properties where collections are hit the most, where rents are affected the most, comparatively to B&A. I mean, D is obviously uh, impacted even more so, but compared to B&A, uh, C-class tenants are the ones that are typically most affected by recessionary periods, changes in the economy, et cetera, right? Inflation specifically because of the cost of living increases that come with inflation. So um, I'm sitting down as of, I think today's November 12th is when I'm recording this. Uh, it'll be up a few days after this. And uh, we're seeing collections dip significantly across the board, right? And when I say significantly, I mean that comparatively to previous dips in collections throughout the last three, four, five, six years that I've been in the business. And um, part of that's because the cost of living is just so much higher now between between where rents have gone, fundamentally speaking, rents have outpaced income growth pretty much every market in the country. Um, groceries are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Everything's just more expensive now. And that really hits the C-class marketplace pretty significantly. So um, we're leasing at pricing that is much lower than what it was over the summer, you know, sometimes five to 7% reductions are required to get units leased now, or at least to get really quality applicants. So I think that we need to be mindful of that and to, and, and we need to go out there and raise extra reserve capital in case there is periods of sustained vacancy, or we, um, you know, have more delinquency throughout a building. So we used to, to, to bring, uh, you know, either bring ourselves or raise three grand a unit in reserve capital. Like that was a bare minimum. And that doesn't include renovations or doesn't include interest reserves. That's just like reserve capital. And now that number is five, six grand. Um, you know, and, and this is in our market where uh, we typically buy properties built in the early 1900s that have higher expense ratios to manage, et cetera. So take whatever number I'm saying and think about it, but like don't <laughs> apply it to your market because your market might be different. You know, if you're buying 1990s build B-class properties, it's probably a different number for you than what it is for us. But um, but just in general, you, you should be putting aside more reserves. And if you're raising capital, just raise more, you know, reserve capital from your investors. Um, because the last thing you want to do is be in a situation where that operating account's running low and you're putting yourself at a risk of a capital call or, you know, something along those lines. So that is change number four. Um, excuse me, that's change number three. So I think I accidentally lost track here, but that was change number three. So now change number four is uh, don't underwrite a sale or a refinance within the first five years. Um, and this, some people might think is pretty extreme, but if you think about this logically, right, uh, or is the marketplace going to agree with your plan to refinance and to capture the value creation over the last year in 12 months or 24 months? I mean, it's probably not, right? I think that there's a pretty wide consensus in the real estate industry um, that commercial real estate is going to be in a tougher spot in 12 months or 24 months, right? Pricing is probably going to be a little bit lower because of cap rates increasing due to interest rates increasing, due to the economy going into more of a recessionary period. So is it wise to underwrite a refi in 12 months, 18 months, 24 months? 
Probably not. And if you're banking on doing that to drive returns to you or your investors, it's kind of unwise. Um, you know, the deals that we're doing right now, because we're still in the market doing deals, I tell investors like, I mean, if we can refinance, great, but like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's going to be what we absolutely do because the market dictates that. We don't dictate that. We can add all the value we want. We can buy at a discount today. We can create value. We can drive NOI. We can increase rents, et cetera. But that doesn't matter if cap rates expand by 150 or 200 basis points, right? If cap rates go from six to seven and a half percent, we might be able to break even after we do all of this in terms of the valuation, right? And we're going to have to continue to hold throughout the life of the deal, right? And this coincides with change one, which is, or change two, I should say, which is buying with fixed rate debt. Um, and you want to, you want to have that predictability throughout the life of your deal. So don't tell investors, yep, we're going to do this. We're going to do our value add. We're going to refine 18 months. We're going to get you a chunk of your capital back because you're probably setting yourself up to have an uncomfortable conversation in that time period, right? Unless you're buying such an absurd deal that you think that no matter what happens at the market level, you can still do that. But I think it's unwise to bank on uh, sales or refinances in the short term to drive returns. Now, the last change, change number five, is focus on smaller deals if you want to feel more comfortable about the deals that you're doing. So, I mean, this is something that I'm doing in our business right now. Um, you know, we buy in New Hampshire, we buy in Florida. Uh, we'll look at deals in other markets. I'd like to continue buying larger deals, both in New Hampshire and specifically in Florida. But I'm just not really doing that right now because I don't feel comfortable making large bets. Um, you know, and, and using the terminology bet is uh, maybe not the wisest term because we're not making bets in real estate. We're making very educated decisions and uh, and buying real estate that we feel is going to perform, right? It's not bets. It's not like we're buying penny stocks. But in times of uncertainty, what I personally feel comfortable doing is shrinking a little bit in terms of the scope of what I do. I want to buy in the markets that I'm extremely familiar with. I want to buy deals that are a little bit smaller than what I've historically bought. So where if things go wrong, it's easier to remedy that, right? Because the dollar amounts are smaller because the problems are probably a little bit smaller in magnitude. And because just fundamentally speaking, uh, we have more experience doing those types of deals. So um, for example, right now we're buying a lot of like five to 25 unit deals, which I'm trying to shy away from doing. I'm trying to scale up and do bigger deals. But, uh, if something goes wrong on a 10 unit deal, it's much easier to manage than things going sideways on an 80 unit deal where we have a ton of investor capital where I personally are, or the, the active partners in the deal can't kind of, you know, can't do a member loan to get us through it or something like that. We have to go have much more uncomfortable conversations with our investors, et cetera. Right. So for me, um, I don't think there's any shame in shrinking and taking a little step back and and uh, and being patient, doing smaller deals. And we're doing smaller deals so that we can stay in the game, we can stay active. Um, and the the side benefit benefit of this as well is that finding discounted deals is much easier when you're looking at smaller deals because uh, you're typically dealing with unsophisticated sellers. It's a little bit easier to reach these types of folks. Direct, you know, if you're using direct to seller marketing and prospecting. Um, and just in general, uh, you can you can typically negotiate better deals when you're looking at a five unit deal or a ten unit deal or a fifteen unit deal versus a fifty, sixty, seventy unit deal. So those are the five changes that we're making in our business. I highly recommend that you make them in yours in terms of how you're approaching underwriting, doing deals, raising money, operating deals, etc. Because I think it's going to de-stress your business right now. And for me, that's what I found myself caring more and more about as I've done more deals and grown the business is like, I just want to run a less stressful business, right? 
And if the projected returns that we can offer investors are a little bit lower because we're raising extra reserve capital and because we're more moderately leveraging our deals and because we're not you know, going to absolutely push a sale or a refi within the first few years, so be it. That's fine. I'll do less deals and um, that's okay because I'll just get more sleep at night. And I think that's a great way to run your business right now in terms of where the market's going. And if you do this, you're going to allow yourself to stay in the game without jeopardizing the whole mothership, right? Without jeopardizing um, your entire business. So I hope that these were helpful for you. I hope you learned something in this episode. If you did, let me know um, at Multifamily Wealth on Instagram. And um, thanks again for listening. Appreciate everybody's time and have a great rest of the week.